Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Audiobooks.com. Get started today with a 30-day free trial and get your first audiobooks for free. Access a premium library of more than 300,000 books, plus 10,000-plus free audiobooks. Link is in the description. Good evening, listeners. Well, it's been a couple of rough months, hasn't it? Shit hit the fan, and I couldn't get the radio to work anymore, so sorry for the literal radio silence, but you know what day today is? Well, today's the day I could finally put everything behind me. That's right. It's time. It's been about 20 years since I signed an NDA prohibiting me from ever talking about this story. My contract ended about three weeks ago, and I've been debating going public ever since. Not that it would change anything to the situation I'm in, but it's not like I have anything else to do. So you ready? Good. Buckle up, because this is going to be a wild ride. This story starts exactly 20 years and three weeks ago, on a rainy day. I was out hunting, and I'd already killed two rabbits and a partridge, which isn't bad but not quite what I was hunting for. You see, the area I live in is nothing but a forest, so we have a lot of animals. Tons. I was hoping for a bear or, you know, even a moose. They were rarely sighted, but I remembered seeing a few trails. Like any good hunter, I prayed to Hubertus, patron saint of hunters, to bring me luck on my moose hunt. And I found one. Or at least... I thought I found one. It was massive, but as I said, it was rainy. It was also a bit dark because of the clouds overhead, and it was showing its back to me. Now I remember approaching it slowly and then aiming. I shot and hit it in the flank, but it didn't bleed. It turned its head around and I saw the moose's crusty, glossy eye as it stared straight at me, and then it ran. So much for being shot in the ass, huh? Never saw an animal do that before. Usually, they bleed and run. Then you could find them and finish them by following a blood trail. This one barely even blinked. When I walked to the spot where it stood, there were a few droplets of blood. And the color was... Well, it wasn't red. It was black. I didn't know what the hell it meant but it probably meant nothing good for the meat. I had to give up on the moose, but I didn't feel too bad, all things considered. That is, until I got home and felt the weight of the world was crushing my ribcage. I got something that knocked me out for an entire week. The wifey wasn't too happy about it, said I deserved it for going out in the shitty weather, but she took care of me diligently. Anyway... I couldn't hunt for a week and suffered like a goddamn martyr, too. Once I recovered, 
I didn't think about it anymore and went back to the forest. See, a man's gotta do what a man's gotta do. And I was not nearly close to my quota for this month. What with all that wasted sick time and all. The first thing I did was change the area I was hunting in. The market wouldn't be too pleased if all I brought back were some rabbits and partridges. I at least needed to get one good kill before the end of the month. So I decided to go to my second area, hoping the hunt would be more fruitful. And I saw that moose again, about an hour into my hunt. It was in terrible shape too. It looked like it lost half its weight and patches of fur were missing. I could also see two ribs where the skin detached from bone. It made me wonder how that thing would still be alive. Now the wound I left on it was infested with squirmy little white worms. That thing looked as good as dead and yet, here it was, standing in all of its decaying glory. It munched on some berries as if it wasn't rotting from the inside out. The smell was disgusting too. Didn't have that fresh blood copper tang to it. It smelled of rotting fruit. I was standing about 20 feet away and I could smell the putrefaction. I felt the cold sweat run down my back, but looking at it, I think I made a great decision. I had to take down the beast. I had to, like, no questions asked. If whatever it was infected with got in contact with other animals, I'd be fucked out of money for a good long while. It didn't take me more than five minutes to approach it as quietly as possible. The moose's movements were slow, and it dragging his body around was probably too hard at this point. I walked around it until I faced it, and then I felt my heart pump into my throat. Its eyes were brutally discolored, a yellow-green color I'd never seen before. Its tongue was rolling out of its mouth, completely dry, cracked, and blackened. Bits of flesh falling from it. And the teeth? Well, they were all gone, but three covered in dark ilk, which I can only assume was blood. The moose panted heavily, and just blinking seemed to put a strain on its body. I aimed and shot it straight between its two eyes. It fell to the ground with a loud thump, despite how lean its body was. I got back home, grabbed what I needed to separate it into parts, and got to work. You know, butchery stuff. Saws and knives, and hey, you know what? That reminds me. What do you call a butcher's conference? A meeting. <laughs> Get it? Anyway, within two hours, I dismembered the thing and was ready to get the pieces back home, where I would burn them safely. It was the only right thing to do to dispose of this beast. My wife said I smelled like death once I was done, and prepared a bath for me. She was a really good woman. But then she got sick too. I blamed myself for a long time. I thought I was the one who got her sick by messing around with that goddamn infected beast. But maybe I didn't take enough precautions. I really did blame myself. She wasn't as strong as I was. In fact, in a matter of days, she was dead. Her eyes turned up yellow and her blood coagulated inside her, causing all of these little blistery postules. 
The doctor said that she looked like she'd been poisoned. Hell, I got scared too. Terrified. But that's when the doctor told me there had been 30 cases like this in the past couple of weeks. She said she had no idea what was happening, but something was poisoning the locals. She asked me about my health, and I told her I got sick and recovered. So, she took a blood sample. These were trying times, and not just for me, but for everyone that lived near our little town. People kept falling like flies, and we had no idea what was causing it. It caused the Great Move. See, our population went from maybe 300 to less than 100 in two months. A couple of hunters I knew also got sick and recovered and decided to stay. Without my wife, I had no reasons to leave anymore. Everything I knew and owned was right here. So, I wasn't going to leave anytime soon. But this sickness chipped away at our town like a furry, hungry beaver at Freshwood. More and more people died. Eventually, the doctors gave their recommendation to leave town and packed up as well. And I stopped doing business with the neighboring towns. See, they didn't want our meat anymore. Said they had complaints. But we all knew what this was about. They were scared. People were scared that we were going to pass them infected meat. Now, there weren't as many deaths outside of our town limits, but there still was some. They blamed us for it and isolated us. We had no choice but to become self-sufficient. Our state abandoned us, and maybe only a solid 20 hunters remained in the area. Guys like me who just couldn't leave the place where we grew up in. A whole year passed, and a couple of more guys died. There weren't many left, but the hardiest were still standing strong. I kept going into the forest, and I hunted for the more significant part of my days, filling my cooler with rabbit meat. Every big animal I met since that moose was infected, and I had to put it down. Have you ever seen a bear in the middle of a forest? Even with a gun? It's a scary as shit situation. But how can you be scared of something that's barely living? Now one of the bears I saw had the hole the size of a football in his stomach, rotted to the core and dripping black sludge. I saw a cub walking behind its mother, gnawing at the entrails she trailed behind herself. No reaction. Both of these were practically dead when I shot them and they smelled even worse as I burned them. Eventually, they came, suited up in biohazard suits. They knocked at my door, politely asking me to let them in. I was waiting for them because, well, I'm not a fucking idiot. I didn't believe for one second that Mother Nature could be responsible for these abominations. Somebody, somewhere, fucked up in a lab, and, well, it got to us. To the animals, the humans. But you know what? A lot of people died. My Mabel was also a victim. They came in with their suits and asked me a lot of questions. They never once admitted it was their fault, but they told me they were going to take care of what was left of the residents. I felt genuine fear upon hearing their words and I was sure they were going to kill us. 
Even if we didn't know or couldn't prove anything, assuredly they wouldn't let us live after all the things that we'd seen. But they did. They asked me for my blood samples, asked me how I felt and some questions about my past. They dug up that I was a soldier and participated in the Gulf War, said something about how I'm a survivor. And this was starting to make sense in a way I didn't want it to make sense. They told me and everyone else I couldn't leave the town for another 20 years and that I had to sign some papers. Well, I told them I had no intentions to go anyway. I signed those damn documents, hoping and crossing my fingers, toes, and nose hairs that they wouldn't kill me. And they didn't. They left, and later that evening, electricity got cut from the entire town. The next day, I met with some hunting buddies, and everyone all said that they had the same visit. Now, within a week, three of the guys tried to get out of town, and we found their bodies at the edge of the forest. They'd been gunned down. Full disclosure now. That's when we all understood that we needed to sit tight and that we were in it for the long haul. The government, or whoever the group was, had no intentions of letting the survivors run away. But for 20 years? <laughs> Why not just kill us all? I mean, we all thought about it. And that's when I realized what was happening. And after I got the sickness, I never once felt sick again. And I'm not talking that I didn't catch whatever that was again. I'm saying that in the past 20 years, not so much of a headache has afflicted me. I suffered terribly for a whole week. Felt like my heart was going to explode whenever I was awake. I'm talking serious heartburns, the likes of which swallowing lava would compare to. I was so feverish she could have cooked eggs on my forehead, and they would have been done in a matter of seconds. I was delirious, nauseous, and dehydrated. God, I'd never felt so parched in my whole entire life. I drank non-stop. If Mabel hadn't been there to stop me, I might have drowned myself trying to quench my thirst. And every muscle on my body twitched randomly. I had no control over myself. But since I recovered, nada. Nothing. Whatever killed those animals made me stronger. What was happening was not a mistake. The reason they had us sign an NDA is not that they were afraid we were going to leak we found out what killed us. But what prevented us from getting any ailment ever? The guys that came all suited up at my house? There's no way they were government officials. They didn't have the ties. They didn't have the look. I'm willing to bet they're all part of Big Pharma. Now, I can't prove it and I can't tell you the details. But by calling me a survivor and taking my blood samples, they gave me everything I needed to know. We weren't survivors. We were the guys with the blood they wanted after testing their new cure-all vaccine. So yeah, I survived. I spent the next five years of my life cleaning up the areas of their corrupted moose and bear and animals and burning them to the ground. <laughs> what a life. And they did take care of us. Once a month they dropped food and medical supplies near the town hall. 
and we picked it up. After a while, we stopped seeing the animals, at least the corrupted ones. I didn't shoot the ones that looked healthy. I had to let nature rebuild itself after the tragedy. It took all of seven more years before we could start hunting again. The area was healed, and we hadn't seen a trace of the infected in more than three years. Now, after 15 years, a buddy of mine tried to leave town. He thought nobody would see him if he left in the night. But they saw, and they didn't let him. He said he had a family he hadn't talked to in 15 years, and that was more than enough. We all tried to convince him to wait five more years, but he was desperate. Now, I don't know why it kicked in after 15 years, but it did, and it caused his downfall. I had no one on either side of the town's limits, so I saw no reason to leave. And the guys here are just that. Guys. People I spend time with because we have no one else. And even then, we only meet once a month when we receive our delivery in town. Can't say I'm too attached to any of them. This is how this radio show started in the first place. I got so tired of talking to no one that I decided to repair the old thing and make it work. And now I got listeners out there because I receive your messages here and there. And I know you've wanted to know why I went so quiet lately. Well, the radio broke down and I had to fix it. But I'm afraid I won't be able to maintain this thing for too long. My contract is over. And I'm expecting them to come at me at any moment now. I have a sinking feeling my agreement won't be renewed. So this time, if I go radio silent, I want all of you to know that they did it. And our town is located north of the I-93, near Littleton. I can't get out, but maybe someone can come find what's left of us.